This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Recording in progress. Hello, and welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss. I'm Alexia, and I think I'm yelling. And I'm Gally, and neither of us want to record this episode. No. Uh, so what's really interesting is I started re-listening to our watch party when you and I watched it together. Ah, uh, yes. And to make it easier for me to understand contextually what was going on, I, I downloaded the movie and synced up the audio, like, riff track style. So... <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm going to go through there and see what ha- gems. I forgot that we started with my absolutely losing my mind because I'd forgotten the word. Oh, God. What, Twitter-pated? No, 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 no. When, when uh, you fall asleep constantly. Oh, narcolepsy. Narcolepsy. I did this last time, too, because the only <laughs> the only word that was on my brain was and still is necrophilia. Yeah, which I, is a very different thing. So oh my gosh, I was sitting here just like dead expression. Like, I know this word, but anyway, I'm getting slightly ahead of myself. We're talking about Bambi. We are talking about Bambi. We're talking about Bambi. And lucky for me, you did the summary this time because <laughs> unlike all the movies beforehand where I just got mad, this one put me to sleep. Well, not literally. this one, this one put me to sleep. It made me mad when I had to write the summary and <laughs> apologies to everyone who loves old disney animated classics i think a lot of us love it for the nostalgia yes i i think a lot of us love it i think a lot of us love it for the nostalgia Uh um and if we actually go back and watch the movies we forget how incredibly tedious and boring they are to get through but you know another time another place indeed uh do you want to you did like i said you did the summary do you let's let's hear your summary before i get into this extremely boring painting of a film okay so Bambi is about an absentee father who steps up when his heir becomes motherless in a film where very little happens despite multiple opportunities for interesting plot let's take our time to discuss what happens before one of the most famous deaths in cinematic history because Disney sure did in a forest full of the most genetically altered cute animals you've ever seen Bambi is born to a nameless mother she is part of the great prince of the forest, Harem, and just like any good Harem owner, he avoids his children until he absolutely has to deal with them. Ugh, what responsibility. Bambi's birth... <laughs> Bambi's birth is apparently very important because the entire forest gathers to see it. Assumedly, he's the only male heir to the great prince, which leads to other questionable things like, does Bambi mate with his half-sister? I mean, I uh... <laughs> oh, <never mind. laughs> we spend most of the movie watching animals prancing around the forest like they own the place. <clears throat> Bambi meets a girl, Feline, who's an absolute dick to him, but apparently it's either her or Thumper, the bunny, and Disney's not bold enough to pull the rabbit out of the closet. But jokes on them, man is here to ruin fun like we always do. <laughs> Humans are, just like in real life, the biggest threat to a utopian society. You're not even talking about what I thought you were talking about. Nope. And they take out Bambi's mom quickly in the dead of winter. Dear old dead of winter. Dear old dad, and I did spell it (laughs) D-E-R, 
takes over and raises Bambi to be a lean, mean fighting machine ready to defend the love of his life and only non-mother female deer he's ever seen from any old buck trying to neg her into submission. Bambi and Feline have a wonderful one-night stand before their entire world is shattered, once again due to man, and Bambi has to elude some very bad puppers. Man is an idiot who probably tried to kill Smokey Bear instead of listening to his warning about forest fires, so he accidentally lights the entire forest on fire. Chaos ensues, everyone acts like a bunch of animals and flees the burning wreckage. But it's Disney, so everything works out and the fire was just a temporary setback. The forest renews with life and everyone procreates like crazy while Bambi settles into his new role as absentee until he has to be dad. Just like nature intended. <laughs> when you, when you were talking about how he got raised into a lean, mean fighting machine, and then I just thought of this uh, line from uh, Rocky about why he like she got gaps, I got gaps together, we feel gaps. I don't know because I was like, there's nothing substantial to their love story other than that. So between that and the fighting metaphor, I'm like, yeah, he got gaps, and it Plato has gaps. Oh, um, <laughs> He's in, my, he's in my recording room with me today, which is an unusual thing for him. Oh, so we have we have a little, we have a good pupper joining us. One that's we probably, have... actually, Lado might kill deer. Dude, I, okay, I've told you the deer story, right? About when we first moved into, okay, I'm going to tell, oh, sh- okay. For those of you who don't know, and that's a lot of you, actually, it's probably not all of you. I, I think everyone listening to this knows who I am and knows Lado. But for like the one person who knows Gally and not me, um, <laughs> Leto is a Korean Jindo. He's about 45 pounds, which means that he's knee height. Not a big dog. Jindos, apparently, after this incident, I googled it, are raised to hunt deer. This is not a thing anyone ever fucking told me. So when we first moved to Wheaton uh, in Maryland, which is apparently a neighborhood where all the deer go to... I think that Wheaton was built where Bambi was filmed. Just I mean, I feel like that's all of... All of Maryland is just deer country. Yeah. Yeah, so we were walking on the sidewalk, by the way, and, you know, people plant, like, flowers and bushes and stuff, and we were walking by a bush, and all of a sudden I saw my dog, and then I blinked, and when I opened my eyes, there was a dog and a fawn. Leto had grabbed this fawn by the neck where its mom had left it behind a bush and just hauled it into the sidewalk, and this Bambi motherfucker looks right at me and just goes, I know. So I'm trying to wrestle this dog's mouth open. Uh, by the way, in case anyone was wondering, zero blood. Nothing happened. It was just pressure. So I'm trying to pry this vice grip open. And all the while, the people that planted the bush in the first place, a, the homeowners, were just standing on their front lawn like the couple from American fucking Gothic staring at me as I wrestle this thing free. And I look across the street and I see this woman pick up her two-year-old toddler and sprint it to her mother in her flip-flops and then come pounding back in my direction to try to help. By the time she kind of gets to me though, I have managed to yank Lado backwards and the fawn goes running off. So good news, this thing lived and everyone was fine. Uh, Bad news is I was very upset. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's like, quite the thing to encounter just on a regular walk um yeah i basically reenacted bam you know what's interesting is that that whole incident took about five minutes and by five minutes i mean from leto getting to the deer to me leaving the area that's including like the deer getting free me freaking out and then walking away 
Bambi apparently was one hour and 11 minutes too long because I did that shit with my dog on a DIY budget in five minutes. And I think we had a far more impactful story. Yeah, man was definitely more involved in that one. And you didn't true. accidentally lighten th- anything on fire. I did not. But so I you actually also... helped Bambi in your I story. Did. Yeah, I did, but I did not win an Oscar for the fucking worst song. I am sorry to whoever was involved in what is this fucking song called? Oh, Love is a Song is the title of the intro song. Oh that God. song won no, not an Oscar. It was nominated for an Academy Award for best song. What? I I would like to know what it went up against. You know, um, like so what's it competing? Forty-two. I'm gonna know like none of it. <laughs> All right, I just clicked. Nope, I wanted to click on. That. Or it's going to be like this. The other songs that were nominated were like "Kick Hitler in the Teeth" or something like that. All right, uh, Academy Awards music. I'm googling this in real time. <laughs> this is vital this oh, is vital uh this must have been the 1943 ones because i just looked at the 1942 ones and that has dumbo in it um which was released in 1941 so this must be the next year yeah well huh interesting yeah i'm thinking so yep it is so this was the 1943 academy awards the winner was um holiday inn the song white christmas and holiday inn the nominees were Always in My Heart, um, Dearly Beloved in You Were Never Lovelier, How About You in Babes on Broadway, It Seems I Heard That Song Before in Youth on Parade, I've Got a Cal, nope, I've Got a Gal in Kalamazoo in Orchestra Wives, great. I've Got a Cal in Kalamazoo. Yep, that's uh, my, my uh, ska band. Um, <laughs> the next is Love is a Song in Bambi, which, can I just say, if I... I didn't even like this song, but if I had to nominate one, if I were on the team, I would have put up um, April Showers. Yeah, I think that's a more interesting song. It is, but I don't even like that one. Uh, We have a few more. We have Pennies for Peppino in Flying with Music, Pigfoot Pete in Hell's a Poppin', which I've never heard of those before, but I think that should have won because that sounds amazing. And then last one is There's a Breeze on Lake Louise in The Mayor of 44th Street. Have you heard of any of those? No. Great. No. I was beginning to feel way uncultured because I, I, nope. Well, I mean, to be fair, this was 1943. 43. That was a long time ago. <laughs> to be 80 fair, years ago, 80 years ago. It's been 84 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, this is the first thing that starts with Bambi. And I want to talk about the music and Bambi just like before we even talk about the movie I just really briefly want to touch on the music now yeah I did not study um, music theory I was a musician for many years but I was not good at music theory so if anyone's about to think this is a technical discussion you're wrong all of the songs in this are really boring yes all of them they do not have the impact that most Disney songs do and I was talking about this briefly with my boyfriend the other day because we were discussing an interview he'd seen about the live action Little Mermaid. 
and it was a discussion about the live action movies in general because I don't want to get into a thing about so-and-so's performance because I think Halle Bailey did a really good job as Ariel but I think that that movie fell victim to the same problem that I actually think Bambi fell victim to which is weird because this was made during the quote-unquote Disney heyday Mm -hmm. and that is that they prioritize musicality over feeling in the songs let Mm. me explain I actually can explain this better using an example from um, Defunct Land. I mm-hmm. watched a video they made on Halix, which is like a one season. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, which is yeah. interesting. Okay, so it's like this, apparently this one season 80s style glam rock sci-fi band that they put on. And when they were building songs for this repertoire, the singer was a classically trained musician. They got a song from a woman who I cannot remember her name. She reminds me of kind of like a blonde, like Joan Jett type she's a songwriter yeah she reminded me of karen carpenter thank you that's the name i wanted and i wasn't getting karen carpenter um but she'd written a song called jailbait and when she was describing this what she was basically explaining is that she was saying something like when i first heard laura perform this song i was like uh, she's performing it so sweet and so technical and so lovely and the song's supposed to be uh raw emotional guttural i don't remember the lyrics of the song but it's something like I'm jailbait baby and that's why I'm sweet or whatever. And she was saying that she's singing it like I'm jailbait baby and that's why I'm sweet. And mm-hmm. she's saying it's supposed to be like I'm jailbait baby and that's why I'm sweet. It's like the difference was to her. It doesn't matter about the musicality. What matters is the feeling of that song, which is that rawness. And my boyfriend was explaining that he'd heard an interview with one of the old directors who was explaining that while he was training um, I think it was either Paige O'Hara or Jodie Benson, one of the original Disney princesses. He was explaining to them, don't focus so much on singing it, feel it more. Like if you have yeah. to sacrifice your technicality to get the emotion through, send it out to see. Cause well, it was, yeah. Cause it wasn't like he didn't want it to sound like part of your world. It, he wanted to be a feel, a declaration, like, Ariel's not singing. She's really mostly talking about how her yearning is. Yeah. And I think that that's missing in this song, in this whole movie. There's not a single song with words that really has that emotion. I'm sorry. I talked for like five straight minutes. <laughs> well, it's, um, I, I think a really good way to describe the music in Bambi is uh, a Bob Ross painting for your ears. Yeah, it's very pleasant and technically precise. Like, no notes are off tune. There's nothing wrong with the composition. Um, The man who's singing this, um, Donald Novus, he's not off key. He's got a beautiful crooning voice. But there's nothing about it that feels, that feels, that's it. Yeah, it's pretty to listen to. Yeah, the same way that the entire movie is pretty to look at. Yeah. Um, i'm sorry rant over we can actually get into this movie now well i mean i i think it's fair that the music uh starts us off by putting us in this mindset of you're going to be looking at some pretty things but don't think too carefully about them like don't don't think too deeply about any of this right now you're just kind of looking at pretty animals and Uh there's a good message in this movie which yeah. which is obviously, you know, nature is important, be respectful of nature, blah, blah, blah. But um, it doesn't, maybe this had more of an impact back in 1942. 
But nowadays, I think it just becomes very washed out and boring and wants you to sleep more than to go save a deer from a dog's, you know, bite or something like that. Yeah. Which, and just going back to the first thing I said, which was about narcolepsy, um, this movie starts with the birth of Bambi, by the way. He's mm-hmm. asleep, and then all of a sudden, a thousand animals from the forest run into his house, and somehow he sleeps through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's up with that? Like, I, that, and then that's repeated again at the, you know, ooh, spoilers if you haven't seen this 80-year-old movie, <laughs> but that's repeated again at the very end of the film when Bambi's son and daughter are born. Uh, yeah. In that they just kind of suddenly wake up when, oh, look, our audience has arrived. It's very, um, uh, it's very, uh, somebody taking a video camera, knocking on the door of your house, and you just opening the door in a full face of makeup and going, oh, hi, I didn't see you there. Very Welcome that. to my home. It's very that. And it, 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 this also just reminded me that in, in the real world and in Bambi, I don't get the royal family obsession. Like, do you? I remember when the first baby was born, like the royal baby, and people lost their minds. That is what people are doing in the Bambi-verse. People are waking up and sprinting to another neighborhood because someone, because the because the queen had a baby. Yeah, that's why I, I was wondering if, uh, like, Bambi is the only male heir. Because, so, when I said that the great prince of the forest had a harem... That's actually true. That's how deer operate is they yeah. have harems. So yeah, yeah. it's like, why is Bambi's birth so important? It's not like we get any precursor explaining any of that to us. We, I, I just remember friend Owl says at one point, it's not every day a prince is born. So friend okay. Owl is clearly acknowledging that this is a rare experience. By the way, is there an enemy Owl? <laughs> enemy Owl is working with man to see where... <laughs> like i think are. so yeah i think that friend owl so we we came up with a theory that friend owl is an old queen mm-hmm. i think that friend owl's rival is enemy owl and they both just they had a ballroom falling out yeah clearly there was some there was some mess on the ballroom uh and there was some blood on the on the dance floor Oh dear! Oh you said the God! Thing. I did. You, that wasn't even a connection. It. We had an injury at the game yesterday, and, and then we said blood on the track. I was bringing it back over, and then I was thinking ballroom. Ah, I'm sorry. Do you we cursed even want to get into that, or do we just want to gloss right over that? I'm going to plug another podcast okay. for people to listen to if they want to know what blood on the dance floor is about. Thank you, because I don't want to get into it. Yeah, listen to someplace underneath. Oh, I'm writing this down. Uh. And that is a, they do an absolutely fabulous podcast on uh, not just Davi Vanity and Blood on the Dance Floor, but um, everything else there. And that is someplace, (laughs) yeah. Someplace underneath. Okay, I'm sorry. Someplace underneath, yeah. We're going to move right on from that and go back to this baby was just born. There's a hundred people in there and everyone is like, he's getting sleepy, like, you interrupted his nap of course he's not dude when people wake me up i'm still i'm groggy as fuck he also like performed for them a little bit he like stood up and made a funny noise yeah that's actually like i mean i get that that baby animals have to be pushed into doing things faster than human potatoes do but Mm. that yeah bambi was literally just born 
-hmm. is greeted by the entire forest and they immediately go now dance for us prince perform yeah show us what you've got yeah. And also, I, I my favorite part of that, which I'd forgotten, was that he doesn't say anything in this thing. What he does is just go, and then, like, fall backwards. He does, like, a really weird goose honk and then falls over. It's right. uh, I forgot about that until my rewatch, because I think I yelled through it last time, but I was watching it this time. I was like, actually, I'm on Bambi's side. You bitches woke me up from a nap, made me stand up. He screams in their faces, falls down, and goes back to bed. I'm like, all right, that's fair. That's fair. That would be me. I get 100%. it. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And then the next thing we see is them. this bothered me. And it goes back to a point I brought up at our rewatch where he and his mom are walking through the forest and everyone is going, good morning, young prince. No one knows his name. It's Only okay because Thumper we don't does. know mom's name either. No. Thumper knows his name though, because he actually bothered to ask. And my favorite part is, so he goes, what are you going to call him? She goes, I think I'll call him Bambi. And then he says, yeah, that's fine, and leaves. And she goes, Bambi, I like that. She didn't even know what no. his name was till this baby rabbit asshole asked. This obnoxious child was like, did you even name your kid? And she's like, fuck. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, oh, I feel B- like... Ooh, Bambi, oh, yeah, that'll do. Well, I also feel like, um, as a rabbit... Thumper's probably like, we have to have names. Otherwise, I don't know who any of my 50 other siblings are. You know what? That's fair. But I also appreciate that he was the one out of every other 8 million animal that showed up who was like, what's that one's name? That one has his signifier, right? What noise do we make to summon this one? Yeah, that's very, it's it's a, a very video <laughs> game logic. Um, we need to yeah. have some type of name for this character but it has to be something that like everybody can call you so you can put whatever you want as the name um so like i don't know i'm gonna name the character bambi and then everyone else in the universe is like oh hello little prince we're not Mm -hmm. going to call you bambi because that's the name you chose yeah that's very um yeah i think in wow they say champion Mm -hmm. a lot yeah the the text says your name yeah or or like in mass effect yeah. You put whatever you want as your first name. Your last name okay. is Shepard. Yeah. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite place in the Citadel. Exactly. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my least favorite movie in um in the moment. Ooh. Ooh Burns. <laughs> I just uh, Not yet. We haven't reached that part of the movie. <laughs> uh I have what have I written in my notes? What I wrote down what is discussed in the Hare household, Father Hare only talks in parables. Ah, okay. This must be every time Thumper does something and his mom goes, what did your father tell you? It's never just like, don't talk with your mouth full. It's always like, eating greens is a special treat. It makes long ears and great big feet. Why can't he just say eat your greens like any other fucking person at a table? Like my dad did that. It would be like, what did your father tell you? Do your math homework. It it wasn't a riddle I needed to solve. Yeah. Well, I think that the answer is the larger your eyes, the more magical your speech. So I'm sorry to insult you and your father, but your eyes are like regular human sized eyes and not five times larger, you know, cute, adorable animated cartoon eyes. So what you're saying is that Mr. Hare is basically a biblical angel. Yep. 
cool. Okay. We and never see him. Prove me wrong. We never do. No, he's just, you know, he, I think he's the real ruler of the forest because all he does is off screen dispense prosaic wisdom. Yes. He is wise. Old <laughs> yes. Father I also, Thumper. <laughs> Father Thumper sounds like a, re, sounds like a polite version of motherfucker. I kind of really like Father Thumper now. Father that's a Disney insult. You Father Thumper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh I like it more than this movie because all I've written down twice on, on different pages I've realized. This is just kids giggling. No, I wrote down this is kids frolicking on one piece. Never mind. I did write male deer are prancing majestically Ooh! as well. I wrote the antlered prancers doing a manly hunt prance manly hunt prance but we're not we have we skipped feline entirely which i forgot watching this movie that they go to the meadow twice i that's how that's how everything in this movie is so boring and generic and runs together i thought they only went one time and i also forgot entirely about feline and her existence well because that's where he meets where bambi meets feline is the first time they're in the meadow the frolicky meadow and the prancy meadow time yeah that's where they meet because he is he's doing a look he's doing a stare in a reflection and then all of a sudden she shows up and also they're supposed to be about the same age he knows three words and she knows all of them yeah <laughs> which i well, love does this does this become a question of um nature versus nurture like did feline's mother uh, actually speak to her play yeah speak to her or like play recordings to her her pregnant belly I think that her mom just spoke to her because I'm now remembering that Bambi has to ask all the, he has no idea what a meadow is. Why? He didn't know there were other deer. And when his mom's like, who told you that? Thumper told me. His other friend has to tell him stuff. So like, clearly his mother just does not speak to him. Well, I, I mean, the Prince of the Forest, his father also doesn't speak to him. So I'm going to assume that his father was like, all right, come on, Bambi's mom. It's time. We're going to do it. And you're going to go sit there and think about what you did for however long it takes for deer to be born. Uh, I'm going to go. Got to go get some smokes. See you but, later, maybe. But Bambi's mom seems to know Feline's mom because she knows who Feline is. So, like, Bambi's mom has friends. She has the ability to speak. Why doesn't she talk to her kid? Because when they meet, Feline says hello and then goes something like he's pretty shy isn't he like she actually talks to her mom and her mom talks back to him well to her like they're having a conversation and he just says nothing also I wrote down Feline is easy to amuse because all he does is say hello and she screams and runs around for like 30 seconds (laughs) she's like "Ah!" well so so this goes back to my question as well Mm -hmm. is Feline's mom part of the prince of the forest harem and that's how the two mothers know each other is because they're sister wives probably and that's why i was going to say when you posed that question i was going to say yes because bambi and feline end up together yeah yeah i think it's that i think so but also everyone has falsies feline just has two right when did the mac lady come to the forest and and just be like actually wrote that (laughs) when did everyone visit the mac counter Beware of man, except for when he's selling you gorgeous lashes. Exactly. Beware of man, because he can't resist your looks. (laughs) Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's the forest. (laughs) 
Make sure you're throwing doe eyes, not hoe eyes. Ooh. Ooh, scandal, hunty. <laughs> I need to sleep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this first meadow scene, by the way, has two quote-unquote significant things in it that I forgot happened. Firstly, <laughs> it had the introduction of Feline, who I forgot existed. And secondly, it introduced Bambi to his dad, which according to the Wikipedia, which I am reading he does not realize that it's his dad. Like, he has no clue that this is his father. It's just some majestic dude that interrupted the dance party because the antlered prancers were having a prance. A very musical, cymbal-crashy prance. I... Horns and cymbal-crashy. There's so many daddy issues. There's so many daddy issues here. But... Yeah, mom is Bambi's mom is kind of dumb. Like, I hate to say it, but Felicia <laughs> versus Bambi's mom getting shot. I think the right one was killed. <laughs> oh dear, don't choke. No, I just spit water down my straw. <laughs> A thing that I didn't know you could do. Um, we discussed this a bit in our watch along, but. I I came around with a hot take that I'm going to pull in here again. Prince of the Forest is a great dad. Let me explain. So, man, so he, Prince of the Forest comes in and he interrupts the prancing and goes to his lookout tower and the man, he sees man. He comes back to the forest, immediately warns everyone with just a stop of his hoop. He's like, run! And they do. Feline's mom finds her kid. Feline's mom finds Feline and they go, Bambi's mom cannot find her son. And later on, as we see, like, two seconds later, Bambi's the only deer left in the clearing. Uh, guess who comes back from hit for him? Dad comes back for him. Dad comes back and escorts his son, full ass knowing he's the 10-point buck, the most visible, the biggest, and the prize. He comes mm-hmm. into the clearing for his kid. And his mom. Because Bambi's mom also had to come under the umbrella protection of the great prince. So he came back for his family. I mean, uh, he might be regretting impregnating Bambi's <laughs> mom and He's then finding out. I think he might be wishing that Feline was a girl. Feline, well, Feline is a girl. I think he might I mean, be I'm wishing sorry, he was that, wishing that, it was Felino. Yeah, Felino. <laughs> and Bamba. Um, I don't know. That was dumb. I have water all over my keyboard. I thought it got on me and no, it got on my keyboard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. That was really funny. But yeah. That, I, I truly do believe that the, the Prince of the Forest kind of wishes that he didn't have to go through all of this, that he, that um, the kid could have just been raised by his competent mother. <laughs> like Feline, and could actually say more than two words. Yeah, and then when the kid was ready, then the prince would come in and be like, all right, well, now you're a man, so I guess it's time for me to actually <laughs> help you out here. But instead, I think he was just a little annoyed that he had to do that earlier. Um, I have to protect the pack. I have to protect the herd and my kid. I can't even rely on you to protect the kid. Yeah, just, oh, God damn it! This is my only male heir. Oh, I don't want to go through this again. Oh. Don't make me Anne Boleyn you. Let me just get, yeah. <laughs> Let me just get my stupid kid and my dumb woman. Can you imagine <laughs> the conversation they had after Bambi went to bed? It's like, I swear, Janine, there's an empty plaque in the hunter's lodge and you just be grateful I didn't let it be you. Janine, I give you one more season before you're killed. And it's <laughs> not going to be my fault. 
crosses hooves behind his back. Right. Like, if I have to come back here and do this again, you didn't know, you didn't see Ashley and Feline having these problems. No, 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 no. That one was safe. Yeah. My daughter was safe. Janine, I gave you an encyclopedia with the intention <laughs> of you reading it, not just Eating tearing it, it up. Yeah. <laughs> He's developmentally behind. He knows five words. He didn't know how to run. This is on you, Janine. This is on you. It truly was. It truly was. And because she only knows six words herself, she didn't know she didn't have anything to say. Meanwhile, Ashley's listening around the corner, like, oh no. Just waiting to get in there and lick up the wounds. Like, yeah. Oh no. Well, I better go get the tea on. Yeah. <laughs> we put more thought into developing the moms than Disney did. We really did. And we gave and them names. At what point we're not even to winter yet. Oh, we haven't I discussed. Actually, there's nothing to discuss about winter. Nothing happens in winter. That's when she dies. No, it isn't. She, she dies does. when spring comes around. And I know this because there is oh. new spring grass. That's right. She says that. It's like at the she end does. of winter. Yeah. it's. I, I wrote it down. It's at the 41 minute, 37 second mark. Yeah. 41 minutes of this <laughs> movie is far too long for us to have to deal with Bambi's mom stupidity. Exactly, because as I as I said, nothing happens. It's just a musical sequence of the leaves falling, and then the bitter winter, eating bark off trees, being sad. There was a small frolic on the ice section with Thumper and Bambi, and then mm-hmm. we're back to eating bark, frozen and sad. And then then is the second meadow scene, which is the one everyone remembers, and that I thought was combined with the first one. Yeah, because and this one is also only just Bambi and his mom. Yeah, and that's when she's warning him too, right? About man. No, that's the this first is time. Like, this is later. Wow, see, like I just get them all mixed into yeah. my head too. She gives him the war- so the first time is when he sees the meadow and he starts running to it. She's like, "There might be stuff. I'm gonna go first. That was the first time. This second time is just look. There's new grass because they've been starving. Yeah. Enjoy it, because I'm not going to be eating it for very much longer. <laughs> uh, that's basically all that happens in that scene, is that she gets suspicious and then says, run, and then she dies. And the next thing we know, the great prince is back, and he's and all he says is, your mother can't be with you any longer. Right. That's it. And then, and then, okay, so apparently he says, your mother can't be with you anymore, and then leads the heartbroken Bambi away and also says, come my son. I don't remember the come my son part, but I guess that that's kind of the surprise. Yeah, that must be the first time that he actually learns that's his dad. Yeah, per per the Disney fandom wiki, it does say revealing himself as Bambi's father. So, And I also like to point out, once again, his dad came back for him. His dad did come back, but I I still go with my way. yeah I still go with my theory that his dad has sort of been forced to step up because only male heir. This is what he has to deal with. I don't necessarily know if he wanted to, but no. hey, we missed the cool montage, the cool father son montage where they like be a dad bond. Yeah, I do like that he didn't just send him to live with Ashley. 
Yeah. He wasn't like, this is now your problem. <clears throat> yeah. He's now like, all right, well, I guess now I need to teach you how to be a man, dear. And, and then we just yada, yada, yada our way into him growing up. Yep. And yeah, then that... we, we, we meet the old queen again, who I... warns them about being Twitter painted. Could they not say falling in love in a kid's movie? Is that a thing? Or did they just want to come up with a cute word? I think they wanted to come up with a cute word. Okay. I didn't know if this was like the weird thing where you couldn't say pregnant on TV in the 50s. So you had to beat it around the bush in every possible way. Well, I mean, there is that too. Um, this is I the think, 40s. I think that falling in love is, I think I'm reading a little too much into it. I think they just wanted to make a cutesy term. Yeah, I think it's that because they definitely allow people to say that they're like falling in love together and all of that other stuff. I don't think they had a problem with that. Yeah, you, I remember now they did that story and closing the windows was getting hot. But I remember in Snow White, there was a lot of talk about love. Yeah, exactly. It's just, hey, we have a cool little word in here. We're going to call it Twitter pated. It's um, not even a real word, just one they decided to make up. Yep. Yeah. And now it's, you know, part of our lexicon. I can't wait to see what tweets people put on their Twitter pated. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the this is the montage of the movie though. This this part I think it's the falling in love montage, and it happens instantaneously. A uh, flower just looks at a girl, and then Thumper looks at Lola Rabbit. Yes, one hundred percent. This is Bugs Bunny and Lola Bunny, and you cannot tell me otherwise. Dude, she's even curvy as shit. Yeah. This is the closest that we get to a sassy fish. We get the <laughs> we one. get the sassy bunny and her yeah. Well, we get Feline in her eyes. Feline's got some eyes. Because yeah, but she's not. No, but Bambi does run into her. This is where we see Feline again, which I'd also forgotten that this is this this part happened. That but I guess it makes sense because he got a mate. I don't know whatever. I mean, I forget it. Like, I totally forgot that Bambi had a mate. Same. That's just not what you think of when you when you think of bambi you think of this cute little deer um, yeah. being abandoned by their mom who gets shot by man you don't no. really think of this cute little deer meeting his future sis- stepsister wife i don't know how you call this because <laughs> it's kind of a sister wife it is huh. i don't know but hmm. yeah you don't think about that and then her growing into a woman and the two of them meeting again and becoming parents i like how the wiki says that thumper and flower encounter their beautiful romantic counterparts yeah this is also like before we get into um the super stereotypical drawings of a feminine versus a male version yeah. of the animals too <laughs> well we see it a little bit with a uh, thumper and lola yes she's a little cur- she she to me is sort of like the first very feminine animated disney character because you yeah. as you were saying you you really get into that animated trope later on but we, i think you even commented on our re- rewatch that the female skunk flowers mate they both looked reasonably similar just aside yeah. from the lashes their body types were were the same yeah it and wasn't so, enough of like pepe Le Pew versus like the cat like we see in looney yeah Jones. yeah yeah and even yeah. here with um bambi and feline she she has a appropriate doe's body she doesn't have any like weird proportions about her yeah. to make her feminine except for the lashes yeah her eyes are big but they're not like too big they're not larger than bambi's no this was still somewhat realistic in their styling which is i think part 
of it, both its appeal and its lack of appeal for some people and that it's realistic, but it's also realistic. Um, but speaking of uh, realistic, we get a macho fight. Yeah, random, random ass buck showing up out of nowhere. Wiki says his name is Rano and he's a belligerent older stag. Where is this info from? <laughs> what what fan fiction? This is this is the wiki blog official 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 Wikipedia. It says Bambi himself encounters Feline as a beautiful doe. However, their courtship is quickly interrupted and challenged by a belligerent older stag named Rano, who attempts to force Feline away from Bambi. Bambi successfully manages to defeat Rano in battle and earns the right to the doe's affection. <laughs> she clearly wanted him the whole time. Like even when Rano was trying to like antler her away, she's like Bambi. I calling his name like hello come by hello yeah yeah i'm being ushered away could you do something about this please oh apparently rana was in the original book that bambi was based on okay that makes sense so in the original book that bambi was based on again this is all coming from the disney wiki um rano was said to have been one of the young princes of the forest alongside bambi and another deer named karis there were more men in the original Bambi <clears throat> Okay, so that would make a lot more sense as to why he's so antagonistic of Bambi. He's like, you're my rival, you yeah. got the throne, and you're getting the girl. Yeah. I can completely understand now from a, for with that addition where it's like, the animosity makes more sense because this, in the way that the movie sets it up, it's just like they encounter another random male deer and he's like, my girl, mine, yeah. mine, mine. Yeah, it's like this This deer was just wandering through the forest, caught scent of Faline, and was like, someone's in heat, and that's mine. And then acted yeah. like a real deer in this weird anthropomorphic forest yeah. of everyone else. But with this context, it's like the aggro kind of makes sense. But yeah. it also it also made sense being a realistic movie where like you were just discussing, it's like, animals don't think about romanticism in that way it's sort of like mating is yep. in a lot of species it's not necessarily but is often against the the female's will because it's just the process of nature so in this whole thing where rano is like antlering her away it's like in real life she would be rano's mate that that's that's it yeah and there's also if no Bambi such thing win. as as monogamy in the deer no but world. in terms of like who got privileges to mate with her at that time yeah. technically i mean the battle goes on and bambi wins but like in that moment if he hadn't actually fought back ronald would have just you know been able to mate with her yeah because that's how it works out but no in this case she does what a normal woman would do which is be like get your shit together basically by calling his name over and over again snap into it hello get it together and he I think this battle ends with him like throwing Rano off of an overlook. I don't remember exactly how it ended, but I remember thinking that it was a pretty severe injury that probably yes. would have killed him. Yeah, yeah. He throws Rano off a cliff and into yeah. a river. So again, it's yeah. a Disney death. But he but I think they actually show him getting up and walking away. Do they or am I hallucinating? It's a not different movie. It's not written, so we're going okay. to pretend like Rano is dead. I think that I make I think I'm mixing it up with Chief in The Fox and the Hound. Oh. Because there's a well, point where Chief falls in the water and then tries to get up. So it's an indicator like you're still alive. Oh, I think it. you I think it's that. I, I, am, I don't know I if am we mixing it. See this. I'm mixing it up with the fox and the hound. I'm actually not even mixing it up with Chief. I'm mixing it up with Todd. Oh my god. I just now remember the scene I'm talking about. Yeah, Copper comes over and doesn't think he's alive, so he bumps him in the water and then he opens his eyes. So it's like 
Mm-hmm. Well, you're you're prepared for that watch. And were you thinking of Fox and the Hound because of the hounds that then show up? Because they're this. No, because those aren't dogs. These are like demon dingo hyena combos. They're really weird. And we get into this a lot too when we were talking about the rewatch. So after Bambi murders Rano, he and Feline go off frolicking. Um, and then Bambi goes off to do something. I don't know what he does and notices man. And then Feline wakes up and notices and runs away from where she was waiting for him. And I just think that they chose to play hide and seek at the wrong fucking time because that's when the dogs show up. Yeah, and... I think I think that Bambi is awoken because he thinks that he like hears something about man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes to look. Yeah, because I don't hunt i don't know anything about hunting i don't like sport hunting i think if you you know you hunt for a game and you eat it and use your kill it's different but i don't know what kind of hunter this guy is but this is this guy is not a hunter because those dogs are not sent for retrieval they are sent for murder like you wouldn't get a usable kill out of those dogs they would shred the deer so you wouldn't be able to use the the hide you wouldn't be able to use the, the flesh either so it's like this is weird. Not, I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to be like, um, actually, it's not supposed to happen, but it's like that. That's unrealistic. Those were behaving like random, rabid wolves. Yeah, and I like I understand the the thematic choice to try to keep man off screen and really to keep a lot of like, mm-hmm. like let's not understand what's going on with man in the forest because we're trying to look at it from the perspective of the forest creatures. But I do think that we lose a huge amount of context because I also don't understand why there were like 12 dogs yeah there was that so, were it just was a full pack. it was a full pack so i almost wonder if man was just like hey go eat like this is how he's feeding his dogs by saying you go take that which is also really weird but then yeah. also how does the fire just start that's what i wanted to ask about because we look we've all heard of a gender reveal party gone wrong and yes. stuff starts on fire but i how big was this campfire and if we don't see man at any point, shouldn't he technically, I guess, still be at the camp? Any yeah. sort of reasonably proficient hunter would also know to put out your flame. But we also see like multiple tents. It's a hunting camp. It's a whole hunting camp. We see nobody there, but somehow a fire has just whoosh, started in the camp and, and destroyed there must have been everything. a drought in that forest that year. Because that thing went up in flames. Yeah immediately even though there was like paintings of lush rivers and waterfalls that forest was engulfed extremely quickly yeah and i'm and i'm no uh you know it's surprising to hear this on a podcast talking about disney films but neither alexia or myself are forest fire experts that might come as a bit of a shock with the reveal it really might it really might and i'm very sorry to anybody who got this far in this many episodes in and just found out that we are actually not forest fire experts that is smoky bear go listen to him he's a smart bear he is a say smart things um but yeah this fire just it was just hell like you literally just suddenly see the forest turn into hell um and it really does just light the hell up (laughs) Yeah. And and it's kind of amazing actually that Bambi is completely unscathed from both the dog attack getting Toronto shot fight. at. Yeah, cuz yeah, the man man was with his dogs cuz he shoots at Bambi. So he's got yeah, and he got into the fight with Rano. He should have <laughs> antler gouges. You know um <clears throat> you know are are you familiar with the video for the prodigy's uh smack my bitch up? 
So the video for this, I highly recommend watching this music video. I haven't video. thought about that in probably like 12 so years. I, I highly recommend watching this music video because not only is Smack My Bitch Up just a wonderful song, um, the video is shown from the perspective of somebody who is having an absolutely crazy wild night out and you it's their pov so you see them get into bar fights with people you see them have sex with people you see them take drugs and just go crazy and all of this all within a period of like you know from maybe i don't know 10 p.m to 6 a.m or something like that i feel like we could do the exact same thing with bambi's life probably when, when the mating season starts because we immediately get bambi meeting his wife Mm-hmm. having sex presumably with her um and immediately getting into a fight with dogs getting shot at having a forest fire having his dad pull him out and all of that like just kind of happens within about 24 hours and once again props for the prince of the forest coming back and being once again dad that comes back he may not be the most present father it may not be the most nurturing father but when the chips are down he is looking for his kid he did step up this is very true He comes and saves him from the forest fire. He comes and saves him after he's lost his mom. He comes and saves him from man in the first goddamn place. Do you you think that part of it was because um, Bambi's mom was such an idiot that he was like, I just don't trust that this child is not going to be an idiot. Like, I I have to. (laughs) Honestly, probably. He's following her around just like, God damn it. It's like Janine, the river is that way. We need water. Janine, you're gonna raise an idiot. (laughs) Stop licking rocks. That's not how you get iron. That is how you get some tasty, tasty moss, though. Yeah, if there's moss on the rock. Yeah, she might have just been licking rocks. (laughs) Go lick rocks. Go lick rocks. Wait, you're already doing that. (laughs) You're so dumb you'd lick rocks. sorry i was just thinking of and then what happens after the fire oh yeah nature just randomly heals like we just just skip the movie starts again basically we we start back again with thumper and seven of five or twelve of his obnoxious children all smattering their feet around waking up friend owl again to be like it happened again (laughs) look at all the sex we've all had yeah look there's more of us now let's come in and let's have another home invasion yeah let's have another postpartum home invasion uh and then once again we get to watch all of the forest come to watch the birth of of a deer in this case Uh two deer two deer um, who are named gino and jury (laughs) no they're not yeah (laughs) yeah dumb gino g-e-n-o and okay. I'm going to say it as jury. Maybe it's Gurry, but G U R R O I, R R I, which kind of sounds like Gurry. Yeah, a j- Gurry jury. Yeah, a Gurry jury sounds like a hurdy gurdy off wish. <laughs> a hurdy gurdy off wish played at the Gurry jury. Gurry jury. <laughs> wow. No, this is a tongue twister. By Jordy. What's the What's the other Gino? Giro. Fuck. Gino. Gino. Actually, now that I think about it, how Italian are these names? Gino and Jury. Yeah. Player the Jury Gordy. I am going to get in so much trouble. But they sound like something from the Super Mario universe, really. 
they do they they do they sound like when people uh try to speak italian but they don't know any italian so they yeah, just this is use fan gibberish fiction italian yeah this is just gibberish italian this is yeah this is um somebody writing a fanfic and they needed italian names uh I i'm going to find out that like jerry is like the most classic old italian name and i'm going I to feel Googled a little bad it. about that there's somebody named martin jury he's a former cia analyst who writes about the relationship between politics and media well this is now a martin jury uh fan pad podcast i don't know is it what's what uh, what do you like uh his last name's kind of interesting he wrote a book called the revolt of the public and the crisis of authority in the new millennium actually that might be kind of interesting let me see here Martin Jury tells the story of how insurgencies enabled by digital devices and a vast information sphere have mobilized millions of ordinary people around the world. The revolt of the public now appears in an updated edition when it includes an extensive analysis of Donald Trump's improbable rise to the presidency and the electoral triumphs of Brexit. Jury concludes with a look forward, considering whether the current elite class can bring about a reformation of the democratic process and whether new organizing principles adapted to a digital world can arise out of the present political turbulence. Okay, now I'm not so sure. I might be too mm. dumb to understand this book. I might be too dumb to understand this man's politics. Yeah. So we're going to go back to Jerry being a little female deer. I just clicked and, on something on his website that took me to something that says, what is the fifth wave? And Oh, dear. <laughs> governments <laughs> and mass media shared in God's work, telling the public what to think and how to behave. Uh, Okay. Uh, okay. I gotta. We get might out need this. to stop this. Rabbit I hole. need to get out of there. I need to get stop out of this thumper that. hole. <laughs> that father thumper. That father thumper. I have no idea. This is you. Okay. Anything else about this movie? I'm I'm done with this movie. Um. Okay. So not related to the plot whatsoever. Okay. Um. I do think that it is worth noting, unless I'm completely wrong here. Oh. I thought that this was the film that was based on um, a uh, no. I am genuinely. Well, no, I know it's based on a book. I wanted to look at the animation of it um, Mm -hmm. because there is something about the style that is worth noting. Oh, yeah, I was reading a little bit about that. Yes, here we go. Yeah, so the art direction of Bambi uh, was highly influenced by Tyrus Wong, mm-hmm. um, who was a former Disney painter who provided an Eastern and painterly influence to the background. So I do think that that's really yes. interesting to note about this film. Well, um, they also noted here, sorry, I liked this. Yeah. Um, this is from the actual wiki. Um, Maurice Day is one of the artists for Disney and he went and did some sketches but they were seen as too busy so it says here Tyrus Wong a Chinese animator showed Day some of his impressionistic paintings of a forest Day liked the paintings and appointed him art director of the film Wong's backgrounds were revolutionary since they had more detail around the center and less around the edges less leading a viewer's eye to the character yeah so mm-hmm. I think it's definitely worth looking up uh, Tyrus Wong's paintings because they are quite nice. I still think mm-hmm. that these are nice um, thematic paintings. It would have been really fascinating to see Bambi uh, in the style of these watercolor paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that would have been a little bit too <laughs> would have been a little bit too Fantasia, I think, for it would have been a, a different movie, film. but I wouldn't have hated it. Yeah. But I also think it's worth pointing out that that, you know, we have a Chinese American artist mm-hmm. who was 40s. behind this. Yeah. And Tyrus Wong left shortly after finishing Bambi when the giant animator strike happened in Disney around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, it's just really impressive that even in this time period, we were able to get uh, extra influence, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's do, I forgot last time our final sign off questions, but I remembered them this time. Oh, they nice. Are, do you, uh, did you like it and do you recommend it? I didn't like Bambi the first time that I watched it because it was really boring to me and I fell asleep. I don't like it the second time that I watched it because it was really boring and I did not fall asleep, but I probably could have. Um, <laughs> and do I recommend it? I recommend everyone watch Bambi versus Godzilla instead. It's a better use of your time and um, any deaths that happen without spoiling Bambi versus Godzilla happen much faster than 41 minutes in this is true what about Uh, you (laughs) i did not like it and i do not recommend it i i wanted to find a reason to recommend it because it's so well received i was even reading the reception about it and it's really highly rated and as you were saying a lot of it is nostalgia but i there was a lot of talent that clearly went into especially the animation it was a new style for them it's extremely painterly and it's really well done I mean, I wish I could even recommend it to be like, well, you should at least watch it for the visuals. It's like, but it is so long and you can get the benefit of those kind of visuals from not watching the full length of it. And none of the songs, in my opinion, were particularly dynamic or memorable. So I didn't like it. It was boring. um, And I don't recommend it. Yeah. And it's kind of like an elevator pitch of a movie. Like, yeah, the entire plot in about two minutes. You don't have to watch the entire hour long plus. No, no, you you really don't. So... (laughs) Okay, that's the end of this boring thing. Do you have any anything else? Anything else on this one before we're before we're done? Uh, when I was uh, attempting to watch it, Disney Plus accidentally started Bambi two for me, and I was very confused <laughs> for a minute because that movie just instantly starts with like talking about Bambi's mom's death. Wow! <laughs> so we're just gonna go right into it. It was very, very quick. Um, is Bambi 2 a sequel? Like, it takes place yes. as Bambi as an adult, or is it a midquel where he's a kid again? Oh, that's a good question, because there is a midquel, and then there's also a sequel. I don't know, because I never watched Bambi 2, because I hated Bambi 1. Well, maybe maybe in the future. Not today. Not today. No. No. Today, I think we could probably actually sign off, right? Yeah. All right. I guess we're done. So long, Glamour Boys. So long, Glamour Boys. Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nest's podcast. Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damselswhodiscuss, all one word. On Instagram at instagram.com slash damselswhodiscuss, all one word again. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash damselswhodisco, because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damselswhodiscuss at gmail.com. So long, Glamour Boys! So long, Glamour Boys!